Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hi, and welcome to this FitPro podcast. My name is Dr. Podrick McGillicuddy. I'm a GP in Ireland. I'm talking today to Doug Hill, a man who I met back in April, I think, Doug, wasn't it? When that, we first indeed it did was. The, to be activated. Yeah, Absolutely. be activated. And, was, um, uh, you, and, you and Trudy came to my wife, yeah. with me for two days. It was like, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but it was a really intense, great kind of weekend. Uh, and we were speaking earlier about, you know, what I do, I'm a GP, but I have an interest in sports medicine, but I've done lots of other things as well. I trained in surgery and I did pediatrics and medicine and my CV spans 20 years and it's, you know, I would have thought I had a lot of knowledge, but I'm always intrigued and I find it really refreshing then when I come across something like Be Activated, which I came across completely by accident actually. And it just really shone a light for me on a whole volume of knowledge that I didn't know I didn't know. And so I had to it's just I had to go and see what this was all about. And hence, we met in April and uh, I certainly wasn't disappointed. You know, as I said, I worked in medicine and with sports people a bit. But it was just this philosophy kind of, I suppose, it changed the whole way that I look at the human body in movement and how it should move. And also then changed, I guess, the way that I look at pain and dysfunction in that body. And ways of maybe tackling it, you know. And I guess you probably hear it all the time, don't you, from people? Well, I think I think what you say there is so important because <coughs> it it is literally about just changing our perspective. And and I think you know one of the things I probably say a hundred times on the workshop is, isn't the body amazing? When you do the right thing, the body responds immediately. Yeah, yeah. And and I think and I think that that is a premise of what we're doing is so important because. That means that we can measure everything because when you do the right thing, the body gives you a positive response. When you do the wrong thing, it either gives you a negative response or it gives you no response. And, you know, and it, I suppose the, the, the challenge has always been, you know, exactly as you say, 20 years of all of this experience where you, you've built up this immense knowledge base. But actually, when we take a step back and we're saying, well, how effective are we being? And, you know, I'll throw that yeah. back to you. How, how, how does that fit into your world effectiveness, you know? I completely. And like, you know, because one of the main, I'm still a novice now, completely, since April. And, you know, I'm, I'm still playing. I'm like a kid with a new toy in a sense in that, you know, it's, I see people with issues that I would have done probably the same old thing, you know, the same old thing a lot of us do, because that's all we have been shown how to do or taught how to do. But now I see these issues with pain or dysfunction and I have this new tool and the challenge for me now is to try and fit it into my 15 or 20 minute slot that I would have with a patient. And, you know, my, my staff are asking me, what are you doing in there? These people are staying like half an hour and for 35 minutes. It's because now I can't leave these people out the door not doing activations if I think they're appropriate because they so work, you know, and I'm just still... I'm still playing with it as a technique. I'm, I'm learning all the time. I have the basic knowledge that we got in April, but it's such a voyage of discovery as well because just going back to what you said, if you do the wrong thing, the body doesn't respond. So I'm discovering. I'm feeling my way a little bit that certain things I do will work and they're really profound for some people. And sometimes they don't work as well. And I know that there's something else that I haven't addressed here. 
So that's, that's no, it's, you know, because you've got a feedback loop the whole time. If you, if, if something's not, yeah. something, you know, you have 10 people and you, you do, let's say a diaphragm activation on 10 of them, five of them hit their stride into their diaphragm amazingly. And they're sitting going, wow, what, what's going on? This is yeah. amazing. But the other five or the other four are going, yeah, that's nice. Wow, I haven't breathed there or it's difficult to breathe there. Well, what, what mm. we know is that was just the first step for them and we have other things further down the line that we've got to get to. And when we get yeah. there, then yeah. those things reveal themselves and then they too go, wow, what was that? Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I guess at the start, I was probably doing it a little bit mechanically because time, I was putting myself under pressure for time, but I was kind of learning as well that you completely have to get the buy-in from your client as well. And that if, you're ex if you explain it to them in the correct terms and explain to them that what's in the mind is in the body and what's in the body is in the mind and get them to kind of just consider that concept, I find you get better results as well because they're on board with you. They're almost like it's a partnership of sorts then as well. Would you agree? Well, well I think that, that, is, that is the most important thing because I think too many, too many therapists, trainers, medical practitioners, what they do is they stand there trying to do the work for the client. You know, you're broken, yes. you come to me, I fix you. And, and we don't believe that that's the right way. We believe that it's a journey together, but it's actually that the, mm -hmm. client, the client has to do the work. And how you get them to do the work is you, you're teaching them. You are facilitating the process. And by educating them, you hand the process over to them. Yeah, Be so true. Because otherwise, it's so true with everything. Well, otherwise, the responsibility is still all yours. And, and I think people actually really appreciate the fact that they are now taking responsibility, which means that they now have the, you know, because what we're trying to do is give them as many of the tools as possible so that they can go out and use it. Because I always say to my mm -hmm. clients, you have now, if it's me, I'd say you've got an hour with me, so I can do this much in an hour, but you, you're with yourself 24 hours a day. You know, I suppose I would have done this first hoping to get new ways of treating musculoskeletal issues, you know, in sports people who I see a lot, but you know, in my work in GP, I see people of all ages, all shapes and sizes, and I'm beginning to see applications even outside of that. Like, for instance, I, I've seen pregnant women with, you know, SPD, which is symphysis pubis dysfunction, which is pain essentially in that whole ring and pelvic girdle area that pregnant women as they move on in their pregnancy get. And it's quite debilitating for some of them, mainly down to kind of instability in the pelvis, but also you know, if you can imagine, I'm sure most people can, this basketball in a bucket of water sitting in front of you, which wasn't there six months ago, and it's doing its own thing when you turn and sit. It really challenges all your stability structures and your slings and all of that. And I've been experimenting a little bit with activation on women like that and had some very, really interesting, promising results, you know, in women who have had previous pregnancies with this problem and said, wow, that actually really helped me. Now, I'm blowing the kind of applications and I'm thinking about things like elderly and falls prevention and all of these things that I wouldn't have considered initially, you know. So that's the other part of the journey for me in general practice, because I guess I probably see a different set of clients to my wife, Trudy, for instance, who's working as a physical therapist. And she sees a lot of that musculoskeletal dysfunction in athletes and that. And she's using it probably more than I am because she has bigger chunks of time with these patients. Of course. But I see the kind of the medical side of it where it's applicable as well. And it's fascinating to me, you know, and it's, it's such a, it's an exciting, it's just an exciting discipline to have at my disposal that I can actually experiment with. I think that, that for me is also when I was first putting this together and certainly it wasn't a one day sit down and put it all together. It was an ongoing process, but 
but I had absolutely no idea when I started that that literally, you know, we we have people using this in ICUs with unconscious patients, and it still has an effect. And yeah. how, and how do we know? And you know, so yeah. so someone in an ICU is rigged up to a whole lot of measuring equipment. So therefore, we've got measures. Mm. Then you go and you stimulate the body, activate certain areas. Particularly, we're talking about like the breathing system, and. The number yes. of times I've had people emailing me going, but that's ridiculous. The, the guy was unconscious, mm-hmm. but his, his oxygen saturation was at 89%. And I, I did the upside yeah. down Y of the diaphragm. And when I finished, he was at 96%. That's not possible. Yeah. And I'm like going, well, it must be possible because you did it and you made it happen. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So, but, but, and that's really interesting because – Sorry, go on, yeah? Yeah, no, because you see, the thing is that so often we go, but but that's not possible. But that's right, it's not possible. If we're using the same rules that we've all been taught, mm-hmm. then then there's a whole lot yeah. of things that are not possible. But but I think that the body and the mind and just the you know the human spirit is is so much bigger and, and, and more beautiful than we give it credit for. And so Absolutely. when when we almost hack into that and start to tap into that, that that's when we see the the, you know the beautiful things that that come. Now we're going to use in our general our, our general patients is we always like measures strength or flexibility, speed, power. You know it, it, movement patterns, things like that. But all of those are just a reference point. So we always, as as you know, and this is what I on, on the level one. How geez, how many times did I say this before intervention afterwards? You have to have a starting Absolutely, point. Yeah. Then you do something, and then you measure afterwards, and then. If there's a change, you know that was good. And obviously, we've been doing this for a long, long time. So we know what the most important areas are. And most of the time, the kind of changes we're getting, they're not, you know, I always, I always joke with my physios when, when we first do something with, with flexibility like the hamstring. I always go, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I forgot my goniometer. And someone will <laughs> always go, oh, I've got one. And, and the only reason we use <laughs> goniometers is, is because we want to prove to our client that we went from 30 degrees to to 33 degrees in the session but but most of the time we're going from 30 degrees to 100 degrees in the set in, in five minutes yeah. so, so goniometer are not so important and and really what it does it's about getting the client to be sitting there going i didn't know that was possible i didn't know that i could do that and it's mm. not me that me the therapist yeah. it's them them the client so they get excited once again about their bodies and what their bodies can do and often i find that you don't even have to tell them that we, when you just went from 70 degrees to 90 degrees there, they'd just say, I really felt that. Like they feel it. They don't even need you to give them numbers sometimes because they knew the they retested themselves that their flexibility was that much better and they could feel the difference in themselves and the ease of movement and, and just the end point. And it just you were talking about the ICU because that was one of my early successes actually is I had a gentleman, an elderly gentleman with a lung illness, a fibrotic lung illness, which is kind of like lungs that are becoming progressively scarred and shrunken so that breathing you're like breathing into high resistance kind of system which would previously have been a nice low resistance system yeah yeah. and he was getting progressively short of breath and the question was being asked is this guy going to need home oxygen he's coming very close to it and his daughter who's a nurse brought him in to see me and was wondering had he an infection was this why he was getting so short of breath and i didn't think he had but i said would you let me try something so we put a little finger probe on him and his saturations were 85 or 86%. And I did the just as diaphragmatic activation. And we watched, and his daughter watched, as his saturations went up to 95%, 96%. This is a guy now with 
a chronic, debilitating, progressive lung disease. And it was just, I was, I mean, I was as surprised as he and his daughter were, but it was one of those early kind of, you talk about these aha moments. It was almost like another aha moment for me. Oh, that's, but that's beautiful. I've got a smile on my face because I had no idea you were going to share that. I didn't know that had happened. But, but that yeah. is, that, you see, I, but, but you see that, that's the beauty of the body. If we, if we have, you know, legitimate measurables in place, we can, we can see the results. But, but when those results yes. come, obviously the client feels it. So I'd imagine you're watching his oxygen saturation go up. And, mm-hmm. and suddenly things are very different for him too. But I watched him walk out of there straighter and more with more ease, not because he was necessarily less short of breath, which he was, but he was moving more freely. Just with doing a diaphragm activation, he could feel it. He could feel it in his body. The, yeah, fr- and they always say this, you hear this, I feel kind of free or light, and they struggle for the words to describe it, but they generally the gist of it is I just feel light and free. And he felt that even walking out of there in his hips and you know, his pelvis, you know. So it was, it was just one of those great moments. I was clapping myself in the back for hours afterwards. That's fantastic. And because that's exciting, <laughs> you know, because, because yeah. so, suddenly it's not one of those days where you look at your client <laughs> thinking, oh, God, oh, another one that's coming. You're yeah. excited. You almost, the more complicated they are, yeah. the more exciting they are because, because you realize yeah. that we've, we've got a, a set of tools that can actually do something and it actually doesn't matter who you are you know yeah. you're, you're coming from the medical side Trudy's coming from the physical yeah. the physio side you know we've got trainers using this in movement and with their clients in in preparing their bodies for movement so suddenly they're moving much better you know I always find it amazing yeah. I've, I've done a lot with Pilates and it is amazing when you get people who've done their full training they're actually an instructor but there's certain movements they cannot cannot do and like the roll-up is one of the mm-hmm. most common ones I'm always almost shocked that it's probably something like 40% of Pilates people that I've trained. And that's probably at least one and a half thousand people in the last 13 years, at least 40% mm. could not do a roll up that, you know, that's because there were certain things in their body that were not able to, they were not able to access. And so almost the order was wrong in the body. The movement patterns were wrong. So instead of expanding into the movement, it was collapsing into the movement, and the body would just go, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And so you can have all of the great knowledge and all of the, you know, they've all qualified doing this, yet yet you still your body still goes, no, sorry, don't like it. Now, that's got to tell us something. And so that, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, that's part of almost the cheeky side of it. And, and kind of, I, I know that I get a, I have an interesting reputation out there. And one, one of my old organizers in the UK used to say, I'm the Marmite lecturer because you either love it <laughs> or you hate it and, or you love me or you hate me. Yeah. Usually the people that hate me are the ones that what we're doing is we're holding up a mirror and we're saying, this is what you believe in your work to be true. And it doesn't, and, and, and what you think you're doing well in it. And, and let's say the results you get are fairly okay. And then we show you something really, really simple that the body does profound things with. Now, our challenge yeah. is always, and, and I understand it. This is why I don't hold it against people. I understand this is hard. You'd actually have to let go of your existing belief in order to accept yes. something new. And, you know, I know when I stand up and teach that pe- there are going to be people who sit there and struggle, and there are other people who are just going to be going, Thank goodness, here's something that's so damn exciting because people get bored, they get frustrated in their in their careers working with clients when, you know, if we, you know, this is a fit pro 
broadcast. So there are a lot of trainers that, that, yeah. that are out there. Now, shouldn't you be, be having your clients not like really excited to train, not because you are constantly going, come on, you can do it. And this is all population. Mm. They should be so excited because what else are we going to learn today? And what else is yeah. my body going to feel and experience and learn that it can do? Yeah, no, it's so true. And like the day you stop learning really is the day you just you just go to seed completely. And it's so interesting what you're saying about people's reactions because people are never cross or angry for the reasons they think they are. People who disagree with that are sensing it's a challenge. It's a challenge to their sense of security in what they have done for years, and it's challenging that. And that's the same in lots of areas of life when you challenge somebody's deeply held be belief in an identity or, or, or whatever, you know, they react with kind of pushback and a bit of almost annoyance because they don't want to leave that safe identity behind. They don't want to leave those safe practices behind because they're, they've gotten so used and they're mechanical. But I mean, for any physicians out there, for instance, I mean, I kind of would have found in me when I did the course, for instance, intuitively, I just knew this was right. You know, and it was almost like a relief of sorts. It was like, you know, I was right when I was getting that sneaking suspicion that the stuff I was doing in some cases was just the same old stuff. It wasn't really getting anywhere and was just doing it for the sake of doing it. Then I came across this and intuitively I knew like that I was right to, to kind of have a bit of dissatisfaction about the way I was doing some things because there was another way of looking at it. And I think a lot of, you know, Western medicine, which has been great and has taught me very well and very complete training and all of that. I think doctors and the many doctors I would challenge them, I'd say, would agree with this statement that they feel a little unfulfilled in the way medicine has pushed them, what kind of the, kind of the niche or the, the pigeonhole of medicine has put them into, because we're no longer encouraged to be the reading instrument and we're no longer so much encouraged to be the therapeutic instrument either. You have kind of, you scans and... And it's great to come across a practice where you can be both, where the patient and you can be the reading instruments and you can facilitate the therapy by, you know, with, with the intervention, like be activated. It's quite a fulfilling thing to be able to do in this age of just write me a script, you know, and I'll go to my specialist for this and we get a scan to diagnose that. You don't need to do any of that. There's a little bit of that in danger of happening with medicine. I think a lot of physicians feel the kind of dissatisfaction and lack of fulfillment in their job because of it, if they're being honest. And I would challenge them to look, to just open their minds and look at other ways of doing things like this, you know. Well, well the interesting is what, what you're talking about in the world of the docs and the physicians is, is actually, you know, when, like I, I've been running programs for 14 years around the world. And generally what I, what I used to start with was, you know, who, who's tired, bored, and frustrated in what they are doing right now. And, and, and so here in the, in the room, We'll have doctors, we'll have physios, we'll have osteopaths, we'll have chiros, we'll have trainers, we'll have Pilates people, yoga people, sports massage. You know, we are, because this is a philosophy of the body and the techniques can, can actually fit into any of those areas, we can reach that broad spectrum. But it is amazing how, when we're honest, you actually have to raise your hand and say, actually, I'm, this is not what I signed up for. And, and for me, mm. you know, I studied physio at, in, at University of Cape Town. And actually, when I qualified, and actually long before I qualified, I, I really was going, are you kidding? Is this it? 
This yeah. can't, this can't yeah. be it. And, and so like you with all the different things that you've studied, I went out and went, no, 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 this is, this is crap. I need, I need more. Let me go learn acupuncture and let me mm. go and learn. You know, it, it, it's almost, there's not a hell of a lot that I haven't tried and haven't gone out to learn. And the thing that I found that was almost the most frustrating in all of the learning is when you really start to dig deeper and ask the uncomfortable questions, you realize that the people that mm -hmm. you're teaching you don't know the answers. So they, mm -hmm. they, they, they are still doing what somebody else taught them and nobody even knows where it began. And, and yeah. part of this process allows us also sometimes to go, this works, this is why we think it works, but we're not actually 100% sure, but the most important thing is it works and our clients feel exactly. better for it. So, so, so instead of being, you know, like, like in, in medicine and physio and it's all evidence-based, but evidence-based yeah. practice is a very tough practice because in order to do a, a legitimate study on something, you have to isolate it down to a single, like a single thing. And, and that's impossible when you're working with clients. Yeah. So, and, and they actually don't care if the technique you're about to use has been validated and peer reviewed and a hundred, a hundred studies validate this technique that as long as mm. that te technique makes them feel better, they like the technique. If the technique doesn't make them feel better, they don't care. They don't, they, and, and, and so yeah. I was, when, when, when I first was practicing, I was like the fact that my clients would leave so excited. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to the physio again today. It was, oh, I can't wait. I wonder what we're going to do today. Because, yeah. So it's like, it's allowing them to kind of tap into the possibilities of what their bodies can do. And, you know, I think what's yeah. exciting, you know, we, we ran a workshop in Johannesburg two weeks ago, and I'm teaching South African physio, Carl. He's taking over the teaching for me in South Africa. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's been doing the work for eight years. And what I love is he's still having these, wow, I've, only, I've just got something, you know, because there's actually, we, we, yes. we, we shove a hell of a lot <laughs> into two days, into probably 20 hours of training. And if, and if I get carried away, it's 24 hours of training. That has been known yeah. to happen. <laughs> but the idea is we want to give you so much, but have you experienced it yourself and then Go, go and play. Go, go and exactly what you say. With your client, you go, look, would you mind if I try this? And, and what we find is because the clients feel different, you, you've already established you're not the expert in this. I've just learned this stuff. I always like to say, tell them some crazy guy taught you this stuff. Don't know if it works, but I saw some <laughs> ridiculous things happen on the workshop. Yeah. Um, would you mind? And, and what you've done is you've actually allowed them to come into your process of learning too. Because if it doesn't work, yeah. you get to go and go, wow, well, I, you're right. I don't really know what I'm doing. But, but you know what yeah. you find is that it, generally the first client you do it on, they go, wow. Hey, wow, doc, what, mm -hmm. what's that? That's a wow. And, and, yeah. and then suddenly you're going, wow, I better try this on the next person. And what yeah. happens yeah. is your clients then become your support base. They, they come in excited. They, they want to know, well, this is what happened or, or, or like your preggy ladies, you know, it, that was amazing. The, the pain went away for a week. Okay. Awesome. So we know we can get mm. the pain away. Now we've yeah. got to figure out how yeah. to keep it away. So it's a, so it's a totally exactly. different question now. It's not about what do we do about the pain? How do we manage the pain? Cause we mm -hmm. know we can get rid of the pain. But now the question is not, yep. is not how do we manage you through the pregnancy? It's how do we make sure that we find the right strategy so that you stay pain-free the whole pregnancy? 
And then if we've yeah. if we've done yeah. it right, then actually it should be. And they are so ready for their pregnancy that the pregnancy is is beautiful and awesome. You know, there's mm. uh, I can't think what the guy's name is, but he's a gynecologist in from France who has a whole theory about the. You know, for us obviously breathing is important, and the psoas um, in zone one is very important. But he talks about the psoas actually almost being like the railway tracks that takes the baby down and helps a perfect delivery. Oh, really? And, really? And, I and, heard and, that and, and, and so, so for me, that's really interesting because if, if, you're, if mm. you can't get your breathing and you can't get your psoas, well, yeah. then, then maybe that's why we have so many of these problems. You know, I, and, yeah. and I think South Africa still rates as we've got the highest cesarean rate in the world which mm. ridiculous maybe our gynecologists yeah. play a lot of golf and need to schedule <laughs> it but it's like what's going on when a, a beautiful natural process mm. is not working anymore well there's something going yeah. on you know or and and, and 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 we can take almost any area of life so you know we we have people taking this work into like the medical model the the, the help and the, the dysfunction and healing but we also have things in sports performance and we're doing a lot. And, and in fact, after our, our workshop two weeks ago, we now, Carl and I, are going to be helping a whole lot of South African athletes. And these are world record holders and medal winners. In fact, a whole lot are, are in Zurich right now competing. I've never met any of them, but their coach came on the program. And, and he's, he's got a, you know, a whole room full of trophies. Oh, great. And, but, but yet he just looked and he was like, we need this. How and it's kind of those are the people who are are the experts. And so what we want to do yeah. is say, look, here here's a philosophy. And 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 I think this is always important. Like 14 years ago, when I started doing this work and and teaching it, it was a technique based system. And and the techniques were great, and they really did awesome things. But as time has progressed, and as I've taught, and as people have helped me ask better questions in the work. It then shifted into a philosophical-based yes. system with great techniques. And so if you understand the philosophy of why the body is doing what it's doing and, and how it's addressing its needs, then, then you can actually look at every problem or any problem from a totally different perspective because you start to understand why yes, the body is doing that. So, you know, Carl and I were having a conversation because we, we were doing some video analysis already on, on the athletes. And he went, that's so interesting. I watched, I watched this athlete He's driving from his calf, which obviously, if you had done the work, you would know what that means. Yes. And then when I looked at his his in his chronic injury, it was Achilles tendinopathy, and and he goes, "It's that's amazing how that always fits." Well, well, that's exactly like you in the, the med, medical model of the signs and the symptoms. The the symptoms is almost the story people tell and what they come with, but the signs are the tests yes. and the measures that we use. And we've got the one, two, three testing, which basically demonstrates very quickly how does the body cheat and once we know what the pattern is immediately it, it you can actually see how that pattern will have these dysfunctions these breakdowns and yeah. these and, and these yeah. limitations and i think I, I think even even after all this time of doing the work i still get amazed that it's it, it's it's not there's no hit and miss in this it's kind of like no. it's, it's always this it's and it's never not and and i think Sometimes I scratch my head and kind of think that's crazy because it is actually the body is, you know, it, it, it's striving. It's, it's got a priority system. It's trying to breathe and it's trying to move and it's willing to sacrifice anything in order to do those things because if it doesn't do those things, you're dead.
and it's it's so true and it's just you know, the body as long as we get out of our own way and do the right things the body will is a quite a beautiful machine for more information about fitpro education and for details on fitpro membership and insurance you can visit us at fitpro.com we hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time